Welcome to the Flourish with Functional Nutrition podcast. I'm your host, Madeline Lowry, founder of Twin Cities Nutritional Therapy and a nutritional therapy and MAP method practitioner, specializing in allergies and sensitivities, chronic fatigue, chronic pain, sleep issues, and infertility. Join me for episode 40, where we talk with my client, Helen Sharber, about her experience with MAP sessions, a method of advanced neural retraining for her chronic pain from an autoimmune condition known as ankylosing spondylitis, and also food sensitivities. Hear about what it is like to be in a MAP session, the benefits she received from a set of six sessions, and why she would recommend the method to others. As always, we must disclaim that the information we share in the podcast is for educational purposes only. As MAP method practitioners, we do not diagnose or treat disease and we recommend working with a qualified practitioner. Now, let's hear from Helen. Helen, I'm so pleased to have you on the show, and I'm excited because you'll be my first interview with someone who has tried the MAP method that wasn't a practitioner that was trying it, you know, with the idea of should I be referring clients to Madeline, but really, um, though you are a practitioner, you uh, are more of a that layperson um, perspective that I think would be so helpful. I haven't really um, had an interview like this so far, but I hope to have many more of these. So welcome, Helen, and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you found the MAP method. Sure, yeah. Um, Just to start out by saying thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, I've told you before that listening to prior, previous episodes of the podcast was extremely helpful for me in deciding to try MAP. And so it's great to be here to share my experience. So hopefully I can sort of pay that forward. Um, Yeah, so uh, a little about me, um, just really generally, I'm trained as an economist. I uh, previously taught college classes as an economist. I was uh, an academic. Um, I recently trained as an acupuncturist. So when you said the practitioner, yeah, I'm an acupuncture practitioner, not math, although I would love to do that at some point. Um, And yeah, and so uh, this is just kind of like my what I do in the world. Um, I also and this is maybe relevant to talking about uh, map how I found map I've um, for about half my life, I'm 40. So since I was about 20, I've struggled with a condition called ankylosing spondylitis, which is a a rheumatic autoimmune disease, something like rheumatoid arthritis, although it affects the spine more than the peripheral joints. Um, And so pretty much 20 years of my life have been uh, trying you know, seeking, seeking different therapies. There were about 10 years of no diagnosis and trying to understand what was going on and what can I do to help. I'm pretty open to conventional medicine and more alternative therapies. And so I've sought a lot of things. And so I can talk more about that. Um, But so finding MAP was very much um, like kind of another uh, stop or place on this journey for me. And I think like other people have mentioned, I came across MAP on my Facebook feed, um, Colette Stryker, who I think is the the founder of the method, um, popped up on my feed. And I had actually, um, funnily, probably five years ago, been using another healing modality also called MAP, And I actually forget what that map stands for, but it involved using like flower essences, I think, in combination with other things. And so I saw it and I thought, oh, map, that's right. I forgot about map. And I clicked on it and thought, oh, this is actually different from what I, you know, what I had done previously. Um, But I was like intrigued enough by what I was hearing. I was also, um, and this was just, 
maybe four or five months ago, I was also very much already going down this path of um, like, wow, my subconscious mind is so powerful. How can I sort of recruit it to help me with both the symptoms and the food sensitivities that I had developed? So I can talk more about that as well. So anyway, so it was seeing this little video on Facebook, clicking through to the MAP website, looking through the list of practitioners. I clicked on your profile in particular because although I don't live there now, I'm from Minnesota. And so I just, I guess I felt some connection there. And then that led me to your website and your podcasts and the videos that you have on the website. So uh, that, that's how I initially encountered MAP. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting. I, I'm sure you told me all this at one time, but maybe not, um, but I hadn't, I hadn't remembered. So um, including the part that you're from Minnesota, which is so interesting. Um, so maybe you can just tell us a little bit about how someone trained in academic economics becomes an acupuncturist. Like how, how did that, how did that, yeah, was that like just because of your own health journey and realizing that acupuncture was really, um, you know, central to your your health. Yeah, yeah, that's very much part of it. Um, the pr probably really honest answer is I don't know exactly, but um, one sort of story I could tell about it was that I I did find that being I had a I had a great experience in grad school. I got a good job, good tenure track job right out of grad school, and. And as I went along in that, my, my health kind of was getting worse and worse. And um, it was, I don't know that, I think uh, being a professor is really wonderful in a lot of ways, but it felt like a high pressure job where I was living in my brain all the time. And it, it maybe in retrospect, it feels like my symptoms were sort of these little cries for help, like, you know, like you need to pay attention to other parts of you, not just your mental experience, you know, your emotions and your body. Um, and yeah, and acupuncture felt for me like a, a way to do something that felt more integrated from just purely selfish reasons, really, like something where I would use my head, but I would also use my hands and my heart on a regular basis. I did have good experiences with acupuncture and kind of in general with alternative um, medicine. And um, yeah, and I, I felt at that point, at the point where I decided to retrain as an acupuncturist um, that I, like the experience that I had, I felt could be really helpful to other folks who were looking for some sort of healing. So, um, yeah, I don't know exactly. That's, that's a story I can tell anyway about, about that progression. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then what was the aha moment? You said like four or five months prior to trying MAP, you had already recognized that the subconscious mind was really powerful. Like what led to that? Yeah. Yeah. I'll try to make this not a painfully long story, but I was actually in this place in between sort of career worlds. I had finished up my last year of teaching um, in spring 2020, and I was um, finishing acupuncture school and needing to take board exams and sort of transitioning into that. And so I had, I found myself with a little more time because I was no longer working and going to school. And I thought, you know, I haven't given my health really, even though I was in acupuncture school and getting really regular treatments, I hadn't really focused on my health. Um, and now is a good time to do it. I have a little space. And I got really deeply involved in the research connecting the microbiome to health. Um, in particular to AS, which is what I have, but you know, it's um, the research on that is, has just leapt ahead in the last seemingly 10 or 15 years because they can sequence all those um, gut bacteria now. And so I, um, 
got really interested in this to, I think, an unhealthy degree. I, uh, I just, I started taking some different, um, probiotics. I was adjusting my diet. Um, and I just found myself and I, previous to this, uh, maybe 10 years ago, I did find that cutting out some, uh, pro, you know, certain proteins from my diet, like gluten, dairy, eggs had helped a lot with my symptoms, but somehow in this, in this period where I was really focusing on my health, I, I seem to be developing even more food sensitivities. Mm -hmm. So it was like in, in this intensive focus on getting rid of my symptoms, it was like, I was getting worse almost. Um, and I tried all of these things that I hadn't even heard of before, but I, you know, having too much time on my hands, I was like kind of deep into like, is it lectins? I heard lectins are, you know, really stimulating to the immune system. So I'm going to get rid of lectins and then, oh, but what about FODMAPs? Maybe it's actually a FODMAP thing. And so then I experimented with that and um, a few other, like uh, start getting rid of starch entirely. And, uh, and then I, I was doing some testing with a naturopath and I was on a very restricted diet for a couple of weeks to do some like breath testing. And I felt great those couple of weeks eating like, and you've mentioned this kind of thing before eating like 10 foods. And so I thought, okay, if that's what it takes to make me feel pretty good and not have chronic, really difficult to live with pain, I can eat just 10 foods. And, but at some point after maybe three or four months of this, I kind of, I was deciding whether I was going to keep going with that. I was going to just resign myself to not eating most things or not. And I had this moment and I was like, I don't want that life. It's that, you know, it's, I, I don't, I wouldn't have understood this before cutting foods out, but food is just, it is so many things in life besides just nutrients, you know, it's cultural and it's social and going places and always having to ask for every last ingredient or not being able to eat your friend's birthday cake at their party is really painful. So it was actually in that light that I became really interested in the subconscious thing. I thought. And in I having read and heard some other things about this, I, I thought maybe I can retrain my brain to not reject these foods or not, not what it felt like was it was they were translated into um, arthritis pain for me. So I didn't have so many digestive symptoms. It was just that if I ate an egg, I would have like three days of just the worst spinal and rib pain, like can't breathe, can't walk, um, really intense. And so, yeah, so that was, that was like the, in that period leading up to finding map, that was how I got kind of keyed into the power of the subconscious thing. It was actually more out of a desire to expand my diet, like primarily that, even though the the symptoms were, were probably the more pressing health issue. Yeah. And so did you try any other neural retraining techniques before map? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing really formalized. Um, in the past I had, and, and like, um, you know, maybe five, 10 years ago had done therapy with EMDR, had learned uh, tapping mm -hmm. um, EFT. But, um, but nothing directly before MAP. What I was doing was a version of the work, like Byron Katie's The Work. Mm. And every night before I went to bed, I would, um, and this was just in like a couple months before we started meeting, I would, um, I had like these flashcards for myself and I would have some belief written, you know, like, like eating dairy causes 
back pain. And then I would say, is that true? Do I know for sure that's true? Is there some other belief? So I was trying, I was doing what felt like a very sort of manual method of changing, changing beliefs. Mm-hmm. And it seemed to help. It did seem to help. Okay. All right. All right. So then when you discovered the MAP method and you found me, um, what were you hoping to address with MAP sessions? Yeah, I, I would say I was coming to you um, m- like for food sensitivities primarily and for ankylosing spondylitis symptoms secondarily, even though those were more given the choice, I would choose to get rid of the pain, but I felt like maybe the, the food sensitivities were more approachable or like, I, I felt, I don't know, somehow like they might be easier to address. Mm, Yeah. And, and what, what actually, you know, you you mentioned like learning, you, you went to the MAP coaching Institute, you kind of got information there. You came to my website, you looked at some things there, some listened to some podcasts. What was it that like, I don't know, tip the balance for you to, to think like, this is something I think I want to try. Yeah, I, I probably a few things, definitely hearing other people's stories of it. And I know um, on the MAP coaching website, or maybe on the YouTube channel, it's possible to watch some MAP, um, the MAP session kind of sped up, but in, in practice. And that was helpful to me to see what it was like. Frankly, I just really appreciated your approach. It seemed like you had a lot of background in the nutritional therapy and in the DNRS type work. And you also seemed to be aware of a lot of the the research that's been done on related things on, on how the brain works and the subconscious and how this interacts with pain and things like that. So I felt, I, I, I felt trusting of, um, of what you were doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and what was it about, so it, presumably you learned or you heard descriptions of how we work with the map method, how we work with the subconscious mind with the map method. And, you know, what about that was attractive to you? Yeah. Um, hmm. I, I think hearing you say a number of times that the MAP method was like a quantum leap over some other more like, like basic neural retraining methods seemed attractive. Mm-hmm. So um, in my experience, for example, with EMDR, I found, and just in general, I'm not a very visual person. And the practitioner that I had seemed to expect that a lot of images would be coming up for me. And I almost felt like I was doing it wrong or I was being a bad patient because it, it just what it didn't seem to be working the way that it was supposed to. Mm. And so another thing that seemed attractive about MAP was that it didn't seem to require anything special of me. Um, I didn't need to go into a lot of detail in a session. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like, I know it's not, it's not therapy, but it's not like talk therapy in that way. You don't have to dredge up a lot of stuff. Um, it, it doesn't depend on my ability to um, visualize or imagine or anything. Um, yeah, it seemed, it seemed, it seemed to require very little of me. And I think that was attractive just in the sense that it didn't, it didn't rely on me having any skills that I just don't think I have. Yeah. 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 So that's, yeah, that's really interesting. So given that, how did you experience your first session? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember what the first session was like. I remember coming to it, having done um, the MAP Coaching Institute offer something called a taste of MAP. I think they did at least a few months ago. And, um, and I did that. And it's, it's, it's like a short, very short MAP session and it's done in a group. 
And um, I have to say, I didn't notice a whole lot happening during that session. It wasn't very powerful for me. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, like, uh, oh, no, I've signed up for another thing that just, you know, like many other things I've tried, maybe it'll be a little helpful, maybe not. So I think I came into the session with pretty low expectations. And so I, and I remember telling you that in the first session that I had just done this taste of map and I honestly didn't notice anything shifting. And, um, but so, yeah, I don't even remember the content of our first session that well, but I do remember that it was it felt very easy. Um, it felt very relaxing. And I, at the end of it, I definitely thought like, I want to keep going with this. I want to see where this will go. I, it wasn't like some sort of immediate shift during the session, but it, it, did feel, yeah, it felt very comfortable and relaxing. And I think maybe at some level, my brain recognized this as something useful. Yeah. So I think you're talking about Colette Stryker's workshop that she does. Yeah. That's offered through the Map Coaching Institute. And it is designed as kind of a little preview. Uh, I mean, it is a little bit of a sales pitch too, because she's selling the coaching program and the certification program. And then there's a little opportunity to experience uh, some map instructions in the group. And I have heard that from a couple people that that maybe, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a big enough taste that they were sure that this was for them or not. Right. So I do want to point out that one-on-one live sessions are a deeper experience than that workshop. But what it does do is it, it you, you are initiated to the MAP method after that. And so then if you do, uh, well, the introductory session with any other practitioner, they can kind of skip, they can skip the initiation parts and just get, you know, it's just a, uh, they can use the entire session to work yeah. on the subject of your choice. And <clears throat> so the first session that, that, I, that I do with people is uh, about an emotional issue. And I, I'm trying to remember what it was for you, but I think I had, I think it had something to do with anxiety. I, I, so I think that was probably the issue that we worked with. And, and in that first session, I'm really trying, you know, I want to work with something emotional, something you can feel the emotions around because I want you to experience this decrease in intensity of the emotions around whatever memory you're holding in your mind and all the connections to that memory that your subconscious mind is finding and, and neutralizing. I want you to be able to feel that emotional intensity coming down. And this is most easily done with something emotional. When we're working with physical symptoms, or we're working with some, you know, kinds of mental patterns. It's a little less clear, you know, what has been accomplished with each, each given session, because they, uh, these are more complex, deeper patterns that take multiple sessions to like start to um, shift or change. But with something emotional where you can feel those emotions at a pretty you know, intense level, we can, you know, we can see that difference from the beginning of the session to the end of the session. And that is very reassuring for you and for me that this is something that has, a, has some benefit for you. So yeah. do you kind of remember what, <laughs> what that was like? Yeah, I, I gosh, I, I, and I tend to have just a terrible memory in general. Um, I, I do, yeah, I do remember whatever it was that I came with, it very clearly had that effect. Like by the end of the session, I felt just, yeah, very relaxed, very at peace with whatever. I, I, I think it was like a interpersonal, you know, something I was, I was trying to hold in my mind during that session. Um, yeah, I think I did have questions like, well, how is this going to work to get rid of the food sensitivities, you know, but, um, but yeah, gosh, I wish I, I remembered more about that very first session. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I do think it's something to do with, the, like you said, an interpersonal um, interaction that made you feel anxious or something, mm-hmm. you know, something along those lines. And so, yeah, so it's very um, typical of what we might work with on a first session. Something that, you know, 
maybe a phobia, maybe a something that makes you feel anxious or um, ashamed or sad or angry or you know some emotion in in some with some you know heightened intensity. And often, you know, I have people who think, well, well, of course she felt better after being in a one hour session because, you know, you're relaxed. I mean, basically it's kind of a meditative um, experience for the, for the client, right? You're, you're sitting there with your eyes closed, you're breathing slowly, deeply and gently, like wouldn't anyone feel more relaxed and be more peaceful by the end? But, um, you know, what would you have to say about that? I mean, do you feel like it's something different than if you had just tried to work on that memory yourself? Yes. I, and it's hard to, right. It's hard to respond to this without taking into account. So I think we've had six sessions together now. Um, so it hasn't been like a year, but you know, a handful. And it's, so it's hard to answer that question without taking into account everything I've seen since. Yes. Um, but it be based on what I've observed in myself, it, is definite, like I've done so much meditation in my life. I've gone to, you know, two month long silent meditation retreats. It's not, it's, it's not just the meditative uh, aspect of this. I think that that is, you know, I, I went to those and that, that didn't resolve symptoms and food sensitivities. So it, it seems to me very clear that something is happening. That's not just sort of beyond putting your body in this parasympathetic mode, which I think it is also doing. And I'm sure that has to do with the effectiveness that you are relaxed while it's happening, but I don't think that's the primary mechanism. Yeah. So I'm just going to quickly describe for people who, you know, maybe this is the first podcast they're listening to. Maybe I'll just quickly describe what a map session is like. So um, the MAP method, as you probably understand at this point, is a way in which a practitioner can work directly with the client's subconscious mind. Actually, the practitioner is offering instructions during this session that your subconscious mind will accept or, or reject, but assuming it accepts it at some level, will use to rewire uh, your brain. So it is really... Um, it is really about your brain rewiring itself based on the prompts offered by the practitioner. And so the practitioner is there, you know, to help you kind of pick a topic for that particular session. So every session is arranged around a topic, a subject, uh, a goal. And uh, we are there to kind of recognize patterns that are happening um, and to guide you know to and and to, and to listen to your feedback right so after each like we call them rounds rounds of treatment or which just means a, uh and you know you're holding some memory or some experience in your in your mind and offering an instruction or a set of instructions to to your subconscious mind what we call the superconscious and then there's this quiet period while you're processing right there's this kind of processing period and then when that processing comes to an end, you know, I, I sense that. And, and then I ask for some feedback, like what came into your mind, right? Because your subconscious mind is starting to show you the connections um, to this, uh, to whatever, you know, su subject or topic you were focusing on. And it's starting to show you this subconscious programming in a way, right? The, all the associations to this issue. And so by getting a little bit of feedback from you, you know, there might be a thought that comes into your mind or a word, an image, a body sensation. There may be uh, another memory that pops into your mind. And so that helps me also figure out where we are going next, right? So during these live sessions, I'm, I'm following your subconscious mind. As it starts to reveal like kind of the programming, we are following that trail. So it's, it is entirely individualized, entirely custom, you know, based on what is happening in the session. There's no recipe. There's no preconceived notion of like where we will end up. We are really paying attention to your subconscious mind and, and following that thread back through your life. Um, 
so maybe you can just uh, you know talk a little bit about that and what what that process feels like from a client's point of view. I mean, would you agree with that summary? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I think it's like just hearing you that yeah, that's exactly what I understand to be going on. I also I also am aware like it must must be almost impossible to really know what a session is like without being in a session. It's 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 you know it, it is so simple. Um, and so profound what's happening. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, from my perspective, I'm sitting here, we have like usually a very brief sort of grounding, some deep breaths at the beginning, and then kind of get right into like, I'll come with a um, couple few things that I think, you know, that came up this last week or, or, or some, something with emotional charge or like, I want to get rid of the symptom and, um, and you use your sort of intuition and connection to, uh, help me understand what might be the most important one to work on at that moment. Um, and then I am, I really relax. My eyes are closed for most of the session. I'm hearing things you're saying, but it's not terribly important that I'm like listening to the words. I'm not sleeping or hypnotized. I'm just sitting here for me at my desk in front of my computer with my eyes closed, feeling very relaxed and just sort of going with the flow. And I imagine there's a lot of interpersonal differences. Like I said before, I don't tend to be a very visual person. So in these sessions, I've never had strong imagery come up. For me, I also don't even often have a lot of memories come up. I, I have a lot of awareness, although sometimes I have a lot of awareness of sort of body sensations and energy movement um, in our set. And I don't want to say this is, I, I don't know if this happens to any of your other clients, but I find my body like wanting to move sometimes in like, it's not a creepy way at all, but sometimes my, like, I'll just find like my head wants to shake no. And I interpret that as like some, some part of me feeling like, uh-oh, is it safe to be treated right now? Um, so yeah, but it's very like, if you were just to watch what was going on, for me, I'm sitting here in a chair with my eyes closed, sort of feeling relaxed and hearing things that I'm just kind of letting, you know, I don't have to really pay strong attention or anything. I'm just letting it happen. So yeah, it's very, it's very easy <laughs> as far as a healing or whatever uh, modality goes very easy. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, one thing we should probably mention that maybe we haven't said until this point is that these sessions are conducted over video conference, right? So exactly the same way we're recording this podcast is how we do the session. So, you know, people, my clients live, everywhere anywhere and you know as long as um our time zones are somewhat overlapping you know we can do these sessions over um i use zoom video conference so they are done at a distance and that does not seem to the the amount of distance doesn't seem to have any effect on the effectiveness of the session and um yeah so there's and there's no need for equipment right there's people think, oh, you're going to retrain my brain. Like, where's the computer that's going to do that? Or, you know, what's the display I need to have? Or, you know, what do I have to be attached to? It's like, no, there's none of that. All you need is a way to do video conferencing, you know, your tablet, your phone, your laptop. That's it. And an internet connection. Um, it is all uh, done through uh, voice instruction, really. And, and like you said, the, the client doesn't need to do anything consciously with these instructions. There's no, um, there's no making it happen. It, it, it's simply going directly to your subconscious mind and your subconscious mind's like, oh, I know what to do with that. And it, and it, and it just starts to process, um, you know, just like giving a command to your computer, you know, causes this, you know, <laughs> years ago when we had the C prompt, you know, and you like, yeah, type in your, yeah <laughs> the green screen yeah. and you, know, you <laughs> typed in your instruction and then you hit return, you kind of waited. And then like, there would be like nothing for a while. And then like, boop, something would pop up and it'd be like, I'm done, you know, <laughs> yep. it's, it's a little bit like that. 
Um, but this this supercomputer here is far, far, you know, more advanced than any, you know, any anything we have in existence today. Um, yeah, so maybe you can talk a little bit about, so you, you mentioned before, we've done about six sessions together. You came originally to work on food sensitivities and also the symptoms you have or, or around your um, chronic pain. Um, maybe you can just talk about what, you know, kind of overall, you know, what would you describe the effects of these sessions to have been emotionally, physically, mentally? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, yeah, I do feel like if there were a graph and it was sort of like time on the horizontal act, can you tell I was an economist? <laughs> and then, and then like either symptoms or food sensitivities, it would be this definite like decreasing, decreasing symptoms or decreasing sensitivities um, trend. Although it, was not, it did not feel for me like, like a, like immediately after every session, it was like, oh, okay, this went away. Okay. Now this went away. Um, it's been a little bit more, um, bouncing around in a way that to me was actually a bit comforting. Um, so I have found that, and I, it's so hard to know, it's so hard to correlate any given thing with symptoms if, if I had been able to do that, you know, like maybe I would have solved all my problems already because you just never know how things are interacting. But what I found was that I would have a session and it seemed like my, like, I can't even remember the order of these things, but like after the first session, I got some acne, which I just had not had acne in a really long time. And oh yeah, my back pain was less. <laughs> and then, and I, I can't remember the order of these things, but the second session, I think I developed like a real crick in my neck, like, you know, like real, like this neck pain that I really wasn't accustomed to that was very distracting, but yeah, my AS symptoms are a lot less. And, and it's sort of like the first three or four sessions, I feel like that kept happening. Like something was popping up. And the reason I found that comforting was because, at least according to one theory, this might be from John Sarno, who I, I know you're familiar with, um, often when your body and in particular your subconscious is kind of learning like, oh, we're not going to create this one pain anymore, something else will pop up and, and be like, okay, now pay attention to me. And so for me, it was like, who knows, but the, that shifting around of symptoms in my body told me that something was working, something was happening, it was shifting. Um, and then, yeah, and it's funny how it's, it's like, again, like simple um, and almost, I don't know, it's like, it's not even slow because it's only been a couple months, but just without me even really noticing, I'm all of a sudden like, I just don't have the, so, so a really prominent symptom for me in the past, maybe five years has been this pain in my, near my thoracic spine and all around my ribs that would um, intensify in the afternoon and evening so much so that it was often very painful to breathe. Like by the time I went to bed, it was like, especially because I'm laying down and it's compressing it even more. And it just like, um, yeah, so, so painful. And I, and again, I don't know how to attribute or what to attribute this to, but it's like the last couple months, it's just got like, I just no problems with that anymore. Like that pain is just gone. Um, and honestly, most of the symptoms that I, that are like my characteristic AS symptoms, um, inflammation, the SI joints and the sciatica that goes along with that, um, this pain, like just spinal and, and rib pain. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's like, 
like, I don't think that like I, based on how I feel and the symptoms I have now, I, I think it would be hard to diagnose me with AS because I'm just not having any pain in those characteristic places. Meanwhile, I've like, I'm eating everything at this point, except for gluten. I've been afraid to introduce gluten back into my diet, but like food categories that I haven't really had for 10 years, like, um, like dairy, butter, cheese, eggs, like I'm eating all this again. And it's really like, joyful yeah wow yeah well thank you for sharing all of that um mm. so yeah I, I wonder if you can talk a little bit more about what you think shifted in those sessions that helped with the pain because you know I, I just I feel like a lot of people who are listening who have chronic pain are going to think, how could this possibly be, right? Because she, we're sitting on Zoom video conference several states apart, right? Yeah. I'm not doing anything to you physically. I'm not adjusting you. I'm not manipulating you. I'm not giving you supplements. I'm not telling you what to eat or not to eat. How is it that working just with the mind could have a significant effect on reducing this pain profile that's been with you for a long time, like decades, right? Yeah. So how do you explain that to yourself? Can you just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm really aware hearing you say that of how I just so don't want to invalidate anyone's experience of their illness because there were definitely points in this journey that I've been on where someone saying something like this, that, you know, you could address a physical problem and putting physical in air quotes, a physical problem in sort of like a using your mind. I would have heard that as it's all in your head. Like this isn't a real problem. Um, especially like with what I have, it, it's, there's a genetic component. You can do a blood test and find an antigen that predisposes you to it. Um, it's like, I got a lot, I would say out of the, when I got diagnosed, it was a validation because it was like, this is a physical problem. And so how do I explain it? It's like, like over time, I have really opened up to the idea, which I, I think is true, although we don't, fully understand the mechanisms yet that, you know, and it's almost trite to say it's not mind and body. We're just all one organism. So much of our, you know, most, we have so many neurons in our gut, this whole, like the way that all of these systems, neurological and endocrine and everything, they're all related. And so even though I don't completely understand the mechanism here, I, I do believe that it is um, our, our subconscious or superconscious mind, however you want to talk about that. It's running everything in our body. You know, it's not just a repository of sort of thoughts and, and memories of, you know, childhood or whatever. It's also in control of all of the like autonomic function of everything. And, and so I, I just, I, I really believe at this point that almost anything I, I don't, so I'm, yeah, I just, I feel like I want to be so careful in talking to people who are like me 10 years ago, who would hear something like this and feel like it's just another person telling them you caused this, you did this to yourself. And it's just so not that it's just an acknowledgement for me that mind and body is one thing and a really effective, efficient way of addressing some physical problems is, is through your mind, through addressing them in your mind. Sorry, that was winding, but I, I, um, 
I, yeah. And then I guess, I mean, like, like a, just a tag on to that would be to say, I, I, I don't fully understand it, but it seems like this approach has worked better than the 10,000 other things that I've tried. The, the, the approach being looking at, um, like addressing it in this way, saying the subconscious mind is really, really powerful. How can I sort of harness that power to change my physical experience? Yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 I want to point out that this, you know, I don't have your file in front of me right now, but I'm thinking like the six sessions that we did, it wasn't, they weren't all focused on symptomology, right? They were mainly focused on things like anxiety or like just painful emotional experiences. Um, there were some affirmations about uh, health or, you know, but it really, we, we weren't like, let, let's do a, let's do a session on ankylosing spondylitis. I mean, we didn't do that. We, that that's not what we did. Right. We kind of, you, you would pick something that was like bothering, you know, you knew was kind of a pattern in your life. Like this always bothers me or this always. And, um, and, and where there's some real emotional intensity around it. And we just kind of followed that. And um, I have to say that you, you were able to, uh, now that I hear that you did two months of meditation, I mean, like, oh, she's a really extraordinary person. I didn't realize, <laughs> I didn't realize how trained her mind was. But I did notice from the very first session that you had, you know, you say you're not a visual person. People have different gifts, right? And people experience map sessions very differently. So, I mean, I just want people to understand this is one person's experience. This is not like this is going to be your experience. Your experience is your experience because your mindscape is different. Everyone's mindscape is different. But I, I, I saw from the very first session that we did together that you had a, you had a real, um, a real ability to sense energy changes or shifts in your body that I thought, wow, this must be due to, because we had talked about, you know, take you doing this training and, and acupuncture. And I thought this must be from her acupuncture training. And then you were like, well, I don't know if it is. I think I've always been like this. So, you know, there is certain unique aspects about you too. So I can't say that everyone who has the same profile that you did, the chronic pain syndrome would experience the kind of relief that you have. But I think what we're trying to say is, look, it's, if you've tried everything else, right, this is worth trying. Like if you haven't tried the angle of let's work with your subconscious mind, well, maybe that is the thing you've been missing all this time. Does that seem yeah. fair? A absolutely. Yeah. I I'm really glad that you brought that up actually, because yeah, very few of the like issues or topics we addressed were specifically like a symptom or a food sensitivity. Um, so it, it's just, that's another thing to me that's really clear how all of these things in our lives are so intertwined. Like the, the triggers that I have in daily life are not separate, I think, from, you know, from my whole mental, physical experience. Yeah. And I think you mentioned John Sarno's work. So for anyone who it feels like they need more grounding in these in the principles uh, or some of the um, you know some of what's been written about this. I mean, I think that's his books are really worth reading. He he is a medical doctor. He uh, worked at NYU's Rusk Center for Rehabilitation. He worked with chronic back pain patients his whole career, probably fifty year career. First eight years he spent treating them with traditional medical, you know, he's a Western trained physician. So he, he was using traditional medical um, approaches. After that, he realized, you know, these just don't produce consistent enough results. I'm not happy with this. I'm going to find something else. And he decided to start to investigate the mind-body connection. And so one of the books he wrote was The Mind-Body Prescription. And that's a really good book to to start with and then uh, his fourth book was called the divided mind that was yeah the fourth the last book that he wrote and so those are you know would be two really good books to look at because though he started with chronic back pain issues and realized that working with the emotions 
especially repressed emotions and the forces in our lives that made us try to be perfect and good, right? Uh, to the point where we were denying our own needs and our own emotions. You know, he found that working with like this, educating people and having them like journal and, and, and think about these topics helps their back pain more than physical therapy, medications, and surgeries. And so he kind of threw all that away and stuck with the mind-body methods and then began to realize that they applied more generally, not just back pain, but everything from GI symptoms to autoimmune disease to, you know, acne, you name it. So he, he really started to write a lot about this and talk a lot about this. And he was mostly ignored, you know, he, he's now passed, but he was mostly ignored for most of his career. And this was rather sad because, you know, he was at NYU Medical Center, but none of his colleagues referred to him. You know, people found him by reading his books. So this is, these are, these are ideas that had been, he says, what were more in fashion prior to the 1950s. They were actually taught in medical schools prior to the 1950s. And he says, I went through medical school in the 1950s. I was just on the cusp of like where this was being phased out and the whole I don't know, biochemical um, approach, right? Pharmaceutical approach after World War II, right? The, our country became so um, enamored of this, uh, you know, chem chemistry will solve everything, right? Better living through chemistry. Yeah, so that, that became like the new wave. And so all of this was like given up as some, some kind of, I don't know, folly, but he, he pursued it and in, in very much in, a, in his, I think kind of solitary way. But his writings are there, and they are, um, I, I think, very good to look at. Also, the books by Gabor Mate, uh, another physician. Um, who I'm actually just reading that right now, When the Body Says No. Exactly. And, yeah, yeah, and it, I have to, like, I wish, um, I wish that had been out 20 years ago for me. That uh, I, di I did, I, I was um, really enamored of the John Sarno stuff probably 14 years ago when I was really trying to figure it out. And I, so I was open to that sort of mind body connection very early. I, I think something like the map method at that point would have been so helpful because I, I wasn't able to kind of integrate it. And I'm noticing in the Gabor Mate book that a lot of the really interesting research that he talks about is exactly from that period, like like 1960 and before, and it's not because there's not research since, but that that seems to be like that's when researchers, medical researchers, were really taking the um, the integration of mental, emotional, physical states seriously. Yeah, I think the MAP method. It works along the same lines, but where you know there are people who probably failed Sarno's method because their pain syndrome wasn't well. He felt everything was related to repressed rage or anger, right? He was very much focused on that, and 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 you know in my work I can I can tell you that it's not all about repressed rage and anger. There there's a full spectrum of emotions, and as you know, I mean it should be obvious that we're very complex organisms with a wide range of emotions. And so it'd be hard to pin everything on just one color in that spectrum. But he, uh, uh, his teachings, while they were extremely helpful for many, many, many people, tens of thousands of people, for people who cannot make progress with that basic method on its own, I think the MAP method offers a more advanced tool for getting exactly to where that subconscious mind is stuck. Maybe um, we can just wrap up here a little bit. And you know, what, would you would you recommend the MAP method to others? And you know, what for you know why? What kinds of things? And then um, you know, do you have advice for people who are kind of on the fence? Maybe this is the first time they're hearing about it. What would you say to them? Yeah, um, yeah, I, I would, and I have recommended it to other people. The person I recommended it to most recently, I, I sent, I think, a couple links, and he responded and said, this sounds too good to be true. 
I'm so interested. And I really, yeah, I'm really sympathetic to that. Um, because it does, it does, it does sound too good to be true. And, and, you know, if you're like, if you're someone coming to you in particular, because you're focusing on food sensitivities and chronic pain, probably you have tried so many other things. So it's, 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 I, you get a certain sort of, um, I don't know if it's cynicism, but just maybe it's realism after a while. And you think, yeah, chances are this one isn't going to work because, <laughs> because most of the other things I've tried haven't really worked. And um, so, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what to say to that except because I only know my experience, but it, it, it was extremely helpful for me. And in this, in this way that is broader, I think one of the gifts it has really given me is now having such an easier physical experience. I'm able to think about like using map to, to open up just other, other parts of my life that felt like secondary or tertiary issues or goals to, to sort of live more, live in a, I don't know, brighter, more authentic way once you've just gotten rid of this, this pain that you're carrying around all the time. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I don't know to, what to say other than like, you can do what I did, which is try to listen to everything that you can, watch everything you can online, listen to other people's experiences, and then you got to try it out. I guess there's no way of knowing whether it's going to work for you without trying. But in my experience, it has been so valuable when I think of all the things I've tried and all the money I've spent over the years. It's like the, the effectiveness relative to the resources I've put in is so great. It's a spoken like an economics purpose. <laughs> <laughs> My cost benefit analysis says that you should probably try this. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, that's helpful. That is really helpful. Um, because, yeah, I, you know, it's true. The people who have tried everything they, by the time they come to me, they're almost, they're skeptical, skeptical to the point of almost being combative, you know, right? Because I, I do these free 15 minute consultations with people. And, and sometimes like, I almost feel like they're angry with me from the beginning, from the beginning of the call. It's like, well, you, you set this up because you wanted to talk to me, but, but their defenses are so high, right? right? Because exactly what you're talking about, they've tried everything. They've been told so many times, like this is the magic elixir, you know, and and they've hoped so many times, and they've been, you know, their hopes have been dashed so many times, and they feel like time is running out for me. I'll never get better, right? All all the beliefs. I'll never get better. No one's going to be able to help me, and so forth. Sometimes we have to start exactly there with all those beliefs and all of those defenses. They're definitely obstacles to um to improvement of course i we can't guarantee that the map method is going to have positive physical benefits for for everyone with chronic health issues but i do feel like from the very first session 99 percent of the people i work with you know the, like i said the first session is around an emotional issue and it could even just be the the traumas that you've had with the the various treatments and, you know, your interactions with the medical community or, you know, the diagnoses and the procedures and the lab test results and the, and, and the surgeries and the, you know, everything you've been through in your health journey, right? So we could, we could address that, even that just in the first session. And I tell you, just even being, being able to feel that emotional intensity, the despair and the anger and the frustration and the grief, uh, right? Over these years of life you've lost and, right? And everything you sacrificed, feeling that being like ebbing away, um, I, I think is a, is, a, is a benefit just right there, you know? So even if you only come for emotional relief, that is the, usually the first thing that we see starting to change, right? Within one to two sessions, right? That that is very, the emotions are free flowing and we can, we, we definitely see shifts in that right away. 
mental patterns, physical patterns, or what we call symptoms, you know, that lags because though, you know, we're kind of like unwinding this thing in the same order that it was created, right? Yeah. And so the physical symptoms, you know, they, they are the result of years and maybe even decades of these painful negative emotions sort of residing or being stuck in the body. And, and, and so, you know, that's why it takes multiple sessions to address those. But even if the only thing you can open yourself up to is like, I think I'd like to feel emotionally better about this whole, right, my whole experience around my health. Like, I think that's worth trying one introductory session and then just take it from there. Like, you kind of have to let go a little bit of what the results will be after any given session. You know, you just have to kind of be like, okay, I'm gonna just sign up for three or whatever and just see what can happen. It's not that big a financial investment. It's, it doesn't take that much time. And even if the only thing that changes is your emo, the emotional piece, I think that that, you know, might still be a, a real benefit because it allows you to engage then with life and other therapies in a more positive way, you know, than, you know, than, than where you are possibly right now. So any thoughts about that? I see you shaking your head a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just fully agree with that. And, and in fact, I remember in one of our sessions, that was exactly, I remember a topic that ended up coming up, my frustration and shame and, and sadness about, in particular, my experiences with medical system and being undiagnosed and misdiagnosed and um, and told over and over, this is all in your head and that sort of thing. And, um, yeah, I could, I couldn't agree more. I've said a lot of times that like the kind of the shame that I built up around having chronic illness was worse than the illness itself. And so, um, yeah, yeah. I, I just really agree with that, what you said. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Helen, I, I really want to thank you for taking the time to talk with me today and sharing your story. And I hope that I hope that uh, this conversation is just really helpful for people who are looking for a, a new way to approach their problem. I hope so too. It was just a real pleasure to be here with you. I can't thank you enough for all you've done in the map session. So really, yeah. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, and I should mention that um, Helen is thinking about becoming a MAP practitioner herself. And so one day, you may find her listed amongst the certified <laughs> practitioners. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, and, and that I think is even, it's just also a powerful, like this was so good for me that I want to be able to offer it to other people. Just another another way of, of conveying how, how important that I've, I guess I did that with acupuncture. I was going to say, I've, I've never done that with another modality. I did that with acupuncture. And then now again, I'm like, I want to be able to offer this. This is, this is so awesome. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, thank you. And yeah, keep in touch. I want to hear about how you're doing on your journey. And maybe one day we'll have another podcast with you when you talk, when you become a practitioner and you can talk about your experiences with that whole process. But thanks again, Helen. I do appreciate it everything you've had to say and shared. Thanks, Madeline. Thanks for joining us for the Flourish with Functional Nutrition podcast. Please listen again and remember to follow us and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher. To learn more about the MAP Coaching Institute, visit mapcoachinginstitute.com. To learn more about Mind Remap for Health or to check out our podcast page, visit mindremapforhealth.com. Until the next time, be well and flourish. Content of this podcast, copyright 2021 by Twin Cities Nutritional Therapy. Music by Barbara Benn.